This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have a follower submission. Am I the asshole for telling my dad he chose his second family just like his dad did? My 28 female parents had me at a young age. I am now almost 29 and my parents are both in their mid-late 40s. Growing up, I saw my granddad, my dad's dad, a lot. But now, me and my siblings don't exist to him and he hasn't spoken to my dad in years. He doesn't even know that he is a great granddad. My granddad remarried and pays more attention to the kids from that relationship and their kids. My parents split when I was 12. It was hard, but we got through it, and up until recently, I had a great relationship with my dad. The last time I saw my dad was two days before my daughter's birthday back in March. He made the surprise trip with my half-siblings and his girlfriend. Now, I don't expect him to drop everything because I live two hours away, but I was visiting my hometown for two weeks in August whilst dog-sitting for my mom. But he was always too busy with my half-siblings to even visit for half an hour. He doesn't even text or call and doesn't reply if I do, so I gave up. I think what pushed me over the edge is that they can travel four to six hours to another country, we live in the UK, for a day out almost every other weekend, but won't travel two to see his granddaughter. So I snapped and told him this is how it started with his dad. He was around for his grandchildren, then just stopped and focused on his second family. And for someone who said he wouldn't be like his dad, he sure is acting like him. My dad's girlfriend piped up and said, I got my dad when I was younger, and why can't my half-siblings get him now? I told her it's not about me. It's about my daughter knowing her granddad, as he is the only person she doesn't know. At that point, she called me an a-hole for trying to ruin my half-sibling's childhood. Just to add, my dad lives with his girlfriend and half-siblings, so it's not like he only gets to see them every other weekend or every weekend. So, am I the asshole? As a reminder here, the question is, am I the asshole for telling my dad he chose his second family just like his dad did? Okay, my thoughts on this. Uh, no, you are not the asshole. This is probably a way more common situation than we realize because blended families are so common now. The girlfriend's comments made a big reveal whenever she piped up and started opposing what you were saying, and that is that any time that he would give to you or your daughter, she views as him taking time away from her kids. So she's going to oppose that, which also means that she's in control of where he's putting his time. So you have some opposition there. He may be willing, but she is not. That's a problem. She is your obstacle. And of course... That's bullshit. You want him to be involved. It's not like you're estranged and you want him to stay away. You want him to be involved. And now you know that the girlfriend is the big obstacle here. Maybe, just maybe, your words alerting him to the fact that he's following in his father's footsteps, steps which he knows to be harmful firsthand, are enough to wake him up and to make him start placing more effort into this, into making it right. However, he's going to have to make enough effort to overcome his girlfriend opposing his making that effort. Uphill battle. 
what you can do is encourage him. Now that you've alerted him to what's happening, maybe that's the wake-up call that he needed. And now if what you really want is a fruitful relationship with your father and for him to have that relationship with your daughter, you need to provide as many opportunities as possible. Yeah, it sucks and you have every right to be pissed off about this. But if what you want is a fruitful relationship, you've got to fertilize the ground with opportunity and give the best chance possible for that to happen. No, you shouldn't have have to do it, but it's for your daughter. So this is one of those situations where you swallow your pride for your kids and try to do the right thing for them. And hopefully, hopefully he'll step up and make this right. And if his girlfriend is getting in the way of it, hopefully he takes care of that too. He's got a lot going on and know what he did was not the right thing, but you may have given him a wake up call and there may be a light at the end of this tunnel. It's not going to help the past of what you've gone through, but it can fix the future for him and your daughter. You're not the asshole. Good luck on your mission. Am I the asshole for not making my son apologize to my mother-in-law after an argument? I, male 41, am married to my wife, female 37. I have two kids from my previous marriage, boy 15, girl 13. I am Jewish, as was my first wife before she passed. My current wife is not. We have no kids together. My kids have always got along with their stepmom and her family fairly well, until recently. Thanksgiving with my wife's family is a huge affair, and it's the only chance a lot of the family has to see each other during the year. My kids and I do not eat pork, but there are always options for us, or we bring something we specifically can eat, like vegetarian lasagna. Wednesday night, I had dinner with my wife's parents at their place. I should mention that my wife is not very personally religious, although she attends services with her parents monthly. My parents-in-law are very, very conservative-style evangelicals. We mostly don't talk about our religious differences, although I once had to stop my mother-in-law from encouraging my daughter to be baptized. Everything was fine until the end of the meal when my mother-in-law crossed her arms and said, See, we told you nothing bad would happen. I asked her what she meant. My mother-in-law said she had mixed bacon into one of the dishes, a casserole, to prove a point to us. Oh, no. Throw them red flags. I'm just going to sit here and watch them come down for a minute. Bacon-flavored red flags. They smell good but they taste like bitter disrespect. I tried to ask calmly why she would do something like that. My mother-in-law said it was to show that there was no point in following the Old Testament law anymore. I asked my father-in-law if he knew what she had done, and he said yes. He seemed more uncomfortable, but he talked a bit about how Christ came to free us from the Jewish law, and that they wanted to show us how we could be freed from the law as well. He has worked as a pastor in the past. By this time, my daughter was crying and left the room. My wife got up and followed her. My son has been growing more observant as he gets older. Older. He is more observant than me or my daughter. He flipped out. He screamed at my parents-in-law that they were terrible people, called my mother-in-law some very nasty names, and said he never wanted to come back. My father-in-law started shouting back, and my mother-in-law started crying. I told my kids to get in the car, and then told my wife we were leaving. She told me she would stay at her parents so she could help with Thanksgiving prep the next morning. Maybe that wasn't the right move, lady. I was texting with my wife on Thanksgiving. She told me my son is not welcome to come until he apologizes for the things he called my mother-in-law. I told her that's ridiculous, but she is siding with her parents. I told my kids we would not be attending Thanksgiving. Instead, we ordered Chinese and watched movies. My son was fine with it, but I could tell my daughter was down. She missed out on seeing a lot of friends she has in my wife's family. My wife is still at her parents as of now. I should mention that I too am very angry at what happened and what I feel is the disrespect 
disrespect shown to me and especially my kids. I am torn on whether to encourage my son to apologize contingent on a mutual apology to us. Am I the asshole? You know, putting myself in your position, I would not make my kids apologize for any of this shit. And typically, there are two things that I will not touch in a post, and that's politics and religion. This is religion-focused, but it's not, because it's not about the basis of your religion. It's not about your beliefs. It's simply a matter of mutual respect of different beliefs. You have it, they don't. Tricking you into doing something that was against your beliefs to prove a point was an ASCON one offense on their part. That is a terrible thing to do to someone, and they should know better. They definitely do know better, and did it Anyway, your son had every right to flip out, and I'm glad that he did. Apparently caused mother-in-law enough pain to cry, and if that pain isn't enough for her to wake up and realize that what she did was extraordinarily wrong, then f*** her. I think that's all there is to this. If she doesn't respect your beliefs, she doesn't respect you, period. And when it comes to religious beliefs, it's simply a matter of mutual respect, right? You believe what you believe because you were brought up that way. It's instilled in who you are, as is for them. They believe what they believe because they were brought up that way. The difference is that nowhere within their belief system does it say that you should trick someone to shit on their religion. Nowhere. I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked. You know, if someone was going to pull some shit like this, it was going to be a mother-in-law. That's it. I know there are great mother-in-laws out there. We have this discussion often. My mother-in-law's great. My mom is great too. Candy Thunder. A lot of people don't have it great. This is one of them. This dude. Sorry, guy. You pulled the short straw when it came to mother-in-law. This is beliefs. This is one of those core pillars of what you're built on. And if they have no respect for that, they have no respect for your family. Obviously, don't have any respect for your children at all. And if your wife is going to side with them over that and not see how f***ed up that is, then she doesn't respect your belief structure either. The fact that she allowed this to happen to your kids, and I hope she didn't know about it. Surely she didn't know about it. She has to have some feelings on it. I can't believe that she sided with them after doing what they did. So either they've just got her hooked somehow, which is entirely possible, and even though she knows it's up. She's siding with them because she feels like she has no choice. That is a super likely scenario here. In that case, there's nothing that you can do, unfortunately. She has to realize that them having no respect for you or your children is an ask on one offense, and she's got a choice to make. And it kind of sounds like she's already made that choice. Hopefully, she gets her head out of her mother's bacon-filled ass and comes back home and starts showing you and your kids that she knows that was f***ed up and it will never happen again because she won't allow it to happen again, even if that means going no contact. You don't attack someone's beliefs. You don't. You just, you respect that they believe something different than you do and you move on. That's it. Someone who tries to force that on you or tricks you into deviating from your beliefs unknowingly is just a shit person. I think that tells you all you need to know about her. Dear God. That's all there is to it. Betrayal of mother-in-law. The other white meat. We have another follower submission here, this one titled, Am I the Asshole for Not Missing Work to Drive My Girlfriend to Her Oncology Appointment? Not liking the start of this one. My girlfriend thinks I'm selfish for not missing work to drive her to her oncology appointment. 
I-42 male and Kayla, 44 female, have been together since 2014. Eight years together. In July 22, my girlfriend started having problems with swelling in her legs and feet, but she continued to work, so it must not have been that bad. It's apparently his professional opinion as a trained doctor. Not... I kid. In October, she had an episode of severe pain and swelling in her stomach. She assumed the flu. She looked eight months pregnant. I hope you didn't tell her that. She saw her primary care physician a month later, and he sent her for test and CT scan, and the results showed a 30-centimeter mass, suspicious for malignancy. She had to see an oncologist that is four hours away, and I could not take time off work. Besides, I make more money, and she has plenty of offers from others who could take her to the appointment. Did he really just say he makes more money, and that's why he didn't go? Bro, you make me sad. She kept to herself on the days leading up to her appointment. I let her be. The morning of the appointment, she left without waking me. She went alone and got home pretty late. When I asked her about it, she was livid and told me that if I was that concerned, I should have gone. I asked why she didn't wake me, and she asked, what would have been the point? She has been cold and distant. She thinks I'm selfish and self-centered because I couldn't be there. No, no, no. You mean wouldn't be there. She won't tell me anything about the appointment, but I know that it's bad as I overheard her crying while she was on the phone with her daughter. People have obligations, and I believe she needs to stop acting like the world revolves around her. You're making my job really easy here, dude. Really easy. So am I the a-hole for not missing work to drive my girlfriend to her oncologist? Yes! End of video. Yes! Okay, dude, let's think about this for a second. If you had to go to an oncologist appointment, and here I think is where you're just not getting it, because if it were you, you would probably be very f***ing concerned. Concerned enough to be maybe scared. And in that kind of situation where it's potentially a life-altering, potentially life-ending kind of result, you would like to have your significant other there with you to help you through that time, right? Wouldn't you? Or would you be perfectly fine flying solo? I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, I'd be fine flying solo, but that's just to justify you you not going here. You said you couldn't be there. You could be there. There's not an employer on this f***ing planet that wouldn't have allowed you to go to this. You move mountains. You get somebody to cover your f***ing shift. You be there for your loved one when they're going through the scariest shit of their life. That's all there is to this, man. This is not a Reddit post. This is a story that was sent directly to us. So I'm sorry that you're getting a wake-up call from me here, but yeah, dude, you are the asshole. That was a super huge asshole move. All of the love and the bond that you've built throughout this eight years that you've been together is being shattered and destroyed right now because when it matters most, most, you chose to not be there. Do you understand how impactful and hurtful this is? I understand that you're not married. It doesn't matter. You've been together for eight years. If you love each other, you're there for better or worse. This is the worst. And this is the time when she needs you the most. And you're treating it like it's not a big deal at all. It's obviously a very big deal to her. She's not acting like the world revolves around her. She's acting like her world could be potentially ending. And you have chosen to not give a shit. Can you imagine what that would feel like for someone. Can you? Let's try to put this into a situation that you would understand. Let's say you got a phone call and you got fired from your job. If your girlfriend was like, you need to stop acting like the world revolves around you, quit being a pussy. 
That's pretty much the same kind of response that you're giving to her. Only her situation is a whole lot worse. This is not about money, dude. This is about life. Let's hope the universe can put out enough positive energy to help her get through whatever this is, however severe it is. But bet your ass that when she comes out the other side of this thing, she's going to be treasuring every moment that she has. And those moments are probably not going to include you because she just found out how much you really value her and how much you really value your life with her, which ain't very much. So you just stepped in a massive pile of shit. This was ass con one. This was a terrible human thing to do. You did the exact opposite of the thing that you should have done. You say people have obligations. Will you be requesting off work for her funeral if it comes to that? Will you be requesting off work for her procedures, for her treatments? Because she's going to need you there. And right now, the one person who is supposed to be in her corner no matter what isn't. And that has to be just elevating the fear throughout all this stuff. Of course, you heard her on the phone crying about things because she now feels like she's going through all of this alone. On top of being a dick and not going and just not putting any effort into it at all, now she's acting like it's just this big deal when it's not. You don't know, man. You don't know if it's not a big deal because you chose not to be involved. And that sucks really bad. If you want to fix this, you need to run the opposite direction as quickly as possible and you need to overdo it until she tells you to back off. You need to be there for a hundred percent of this and walk with her every step of the way, not expect her to just do this on her own and let you know when shit's happening. You need to go through this with her. If you really love her and if you really care about her, I'm questioning that based on what you've said here. You need to make a decision. Do you only love her when she's healthy or do you really love her for her. And if you really love her for her, you need to step up and start acting like it. Because this, this is some weak ass bullshit, man. You're an ass con one. You do have the opportunity to fix it. I hope she may already have learned everything she needs to learn and have built up a wall and you're done. You better hope that's not the case and that you can fix it. But you got to take action right now. You need to unask con one yourself. Quick, boy. Fair warning. If you send a story in at reddit-sedit.com, we might just be letting you know that you're the asshole like we had to do for this guy. So when you send a story in, it doesn't mean it's going to be like, oh yeah, you're great just because you watch the content and you engage and you send us a story. That's not the case. I'm going to give you my real take on the situation here. And this take is an ask con one. That's some bullshittery. That you need to fix, boy. Do it. Stop watching. Get off TikTok. Get off YouTube. Whatever it is. Wherever you're at watching stuff, get off it. And you need to go serve the woman that you love. Am I the asshole for refusing to wipe my girlfriend's bum after she got sick? No, I'm not shitting you. That is the name of this post. Posted by username wipe date. I, male 21, went to this Chinese restaurant with my girlfriend, female 20, and she got really sick from it somehow. She was constantly puking and she is too weak to move. I have to pick her up and get her to the bathroom. I basically clean her puke trash can and bring her Gatorade and crackers. I just hand feed and hand hydrate her and put her blanket on her and stuff. She said she needed to go to the bathroom, so I took her there and closed the door like I usually do. Then she tells me to come in a few minutes later, so I do, and she said she needs me to wipe for her. I told her that's freaking nasty. 
nasty and to do it herself because I saw her texting her friends and looking at Instagram on her phone before so she could clearly wipe. I left and she eventually wiped after a while, but when I picked her up and carried her off to bed, she was crying and angry at me. She then texted her friend about it and now her friend is blowing up my phone with angry messages saying I'm a dick who hates my girlfriend. Am I the asshole? Candy Thunder says I have to read the first message here. So the first message says, not the asshole. If she's able to swipe, she's able to wipe pretty accurate. Now, this could have been like super severe, right? This could have been like hardcore food poisoning. This could have been medically critical. We don't know. But if she was with it enough to be able to message someone, obviously this doesn't require as much physical activity as like, I'm not going to act it out, but it's more physical exertion to lift the cheek and wipe than it is to swipe. But still, how do you get to a point where you're okay with someone doing that? Like, even married, as long as Candy Thunder and I have been, I would never ask this lovely woman to wipe my ass. At what point of either just drunk or medically critical do you have to be at before you're okay with someone else wiping your ass? Not just someone else, the someone you love. The someone that you expect to see you intimately after. Where do you get to the point where you're just okay with that? And it was a one-time thing. It was because they ate bad food. It wasn't because like they got to a point where she was incapacitated, not incapacitated, debilitated. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but if she physically couldn't do it forever, then whoever she's with would obviously, you know, get that promotion to chief butt wiper. But this was a one-time thing. And again, it could have been like super critical. We don't know that. But if she was texting, it seems like she wasn't. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, in this situation, if, if when Candy Thunder and I were dating, we got to this point, then, um, I don't I don't know what I would have done. The gentleman in me makes me think I would have done it. Makes me think, yeah, I think I would have. I think I would have trying to be a good dude. My thought process here is that if a woman gets to a point where she is willing to cash in all of her self-respect because she needs that much help, I'm going to step up and help. Now, that may not have been the case here. You guys got to tell me what you think. What would you have done here? I mean, shortly after Candy Thunder and I started dating, I ended up having the double-headed dragon. If you don't know what the double-headed dragon is, it's basically when you're uh, spewing liquid from both ends simultaneously. And I got like super duper, duper uber sick. And where Candy Thunder was, like the bathroom was right on the other side of the wall of it. And I had the double-headed dragon and I'm sure she heard every bit of it. And she still chose to love me and be with me and marry me and stick it out through years worth of bullshit. So I did not ask her to come wipe my ass, though. That probably would have been a deal breaker. I don't know. I feel like I would have done it just trying to be a good dude. I don't know how I would have reacted to it afterwards or if that would have changed things. But man, I don't know. This is... uh. <sighs> I want to know what their fortune cookies said after that meal. I really hope this dude kept his fortune cookie because I want to read what that fortune said. Had to say something like, you're about to have a really shitty night. Or some girlfriends ask you to do more than wipe away tears. What would he have done if he got in there and actually did it and it was like the brown crayon thing where he's just like, he wipes and he wipes and he wipes and there's no matter what, there's still poo. Like I didn't think through beyond, you know, just being gallant and saying, yes, yes, I will do this. I will slay this ass dragon. That sounds completely wrong, but you know what I mean. I will be the shining knight who comes in and wipes this booty. Because my beloved cannot. I will be that gallant man. I never really thought about what happened once you get in there and actually start wiping. Maybe we're going too far into this here. What do you guys think? I really... 
am anxious to know what you guys think of this, so let me know below. Speaking of Chinese food, has nothing to do with wiping asses, but we have something really cool in my part of the world here called cashew chicken, and if you aren't familiar with cashew chicken, you need to look it up. It originated out of Springfield, Missouri, and it is delicious. It's basically, you know, just fried rice and fried chicken chunks with cashews and oyster sauce, and it is damn good. You need to get you some cashew chicken. And if they don't have it around there, you need to get somewhere who has it. Like Springfield. They got it. If you're ever passing through there, stop and get you some cashew chicken. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All righty, we have another follower submission here. This one comes with a little message. Firstly, I want to say I love your videos. You really help give a multi-point perspective on every situation, and I feel that really helps people better evaluate. Thank you. Every once in a while, we try to actually be helpful. That being said, am I the asshole for wanting to run away and start over? I've not always had the best life. I was abused for 23 years of my life, mostly by my family. I am 30 now. I am married with one bio child who I would absolutely go to the ends of the earth for. My husband is overall a good man. Overall. Though at times he can smack you mentally with a red flag. He's said things like, I don't have to try. I already have you. Or, of course I don't bother anymore. The kids are all that matters. As well as a few other things. I try my best to put on a good face and pretend my life is great. I barely want for anything one would typically think. However, behind closed doors, I cry nearly every day. I want a job, but taking care of our child prevents that. Our child has a series of mental and emotional setbacks that make having a stable job impossible. Pair that with my husband's erratic career, and yeah, not happening. I want a life. I want to feel appreciated and loved. I do 90% of the housework. My husband's only chores are trash, litter box, yard, and dishes. He takes care of the trash, and that's about it. Dishes he only does twice a week and claims that's because work exhausts him. But I'm exhausted too. I set up routines and organize things to make life easier, but he just tells me that's stupid and he won't abide by them, thus making things harder. It's been almost 10 years of this over and over again, and all I want to do anymore is put away savings, file for divorce, and sign over custody of our child to protect them from my family and leave but I'm the mom. I can't do that to my child. I can't traumatize them by abandoning them, but I also can't keep being so miserable. I don't know what to do. I've been battling this mental state for two years now. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Okay, we're going to change this one up, and I would like to encourage everyone that comments to give this person honest advice because she's struggling, legit struggling, needs help, and let's try our best to really provide that for her. How would you handle this situation if you were in her shoes? Let's try to offer up some solution paths here. My gut reaction here is that taking care of a special needs child has to be one of the most exhausting jobs on the planet for a parent. That has to be one of the hardest things there is. And as much as taking care of, we have five kids from varying ages, but Navy Thunder, the toddler, is by far the most work right now. And even what I perceive to be a huge amount of work taking care of a normal 
normal, healthy toddler has to just pale in comparison to the daily work of taking care of a special needs kid. Her kid has a series of mental and emotional setbacks that make having a stable job impossible. And we don't know what that entails, so I'm just putting it in this category of special needs. It requires special attention. She can't have a stable job because of the care that child requires, which means that she's on the clock 24-7 for this child. And then, when significant other comes home, she feels completely unappreciated, like she has no help, and that has to just compound the issue here. I think that's one of the reasons that parents of kids with special needs typically have a support network. Because getting through that alone has to be incredibly difficult. And there's obviously a lot more going on here with OP's background, going through a lot of abuse and not having a great situation right now. I think it's probably exacerbated by feeling like you're just working all the time. There's no break for her. There's no appreciation for her. It's just tread water forever. That has to be the feeling. Like you're just treading water, just trying to stay alive forever. And I understand what she's saying about wanting to protect her child from her family because her family was the abusive family. And I also understand what she's saying about that not being an option because she's mom and she can't do that to her child. There are a series of just impossibilities surrounding her here. And the one thing that seems like it would be worth exploring here would be finding one of those support networks with other parents who have special needs kids. Even if your kid here, OP, doesn't fall into a strict technical special needs category, I don't think the support groups care about that. I think it's more about helping each other through those hard times. And if it is restricted to only parents of kids with X disorder or Y disorder or, or Z special need, I think identifying what that special need is for your child and then finding other parents who are going through that as well is something that you should do immediately because you're probably going to get a lot more support talking to those other parents and it's a support network so you're helping each other right you get to be there for someone else and help them keep going too obviously they're not going to understand your background with the abuse and the situation that you're in right now but having a support network of people that you can talk to who at least know what you're going through right now and understand how hard it is to feel like you're just on the clock 24 7 taking care of a child who has special needs talking to to people who at least understand part of that is going to give you someone to talk to. You need a support network and clearly your husband's not part of that support network so find other people who can be because you trying to do this alone is probably what's making you feel like you're just exhausted with life right now. If you did cut ties with everything and everyone and just run, where would you run? And would you be happy there? I don't think you're going to escape and find happiness. I think you have to try to find the support network that you never had in your life to this point and find your tribe. You know what I mean? I think what you need is your tribe here. You need a tribe of like-minded people who get it, who understand it, and who can help keep you not just treading water, but help keeping you from going to the dark place that treading water every day causes. I think finding those people who can be there whenever you're having that especially dark moment and they can be like, you know what? I went through the same thing last Thursday and here's what I thought about and this really helped and that really helped and hey, why don't we get together for coffee and do this? or why don't I come over and do this? Finding a support network of people who get it would be hugely helpful to you, I think. Now, I obviously don't have all the answers and I have not been in a situation like this, so I'm hoping someone who sees this has and can point out some things that were extraordinarily helpful for them or at least 
point out the things that they can definitely stay away from, but let's try to find a solution here. I think if you're seeing this video and you have ideas for things that are worth trying or worth looking at that lead to a positive outcome here, comment it. Let's throw as many good ideas out here as possible and try to help this woman find something that can reinvigorate her life and give her hope here because right now it seems like she's exhausted. She's just emotionally, physically, and mentally exhausted. Let's try to be helpful. We can do this. We can help find something here. OP, don't cut ties and just run off just yet. Let's see if we can come up with some ideas that will help connect you with some paths that lead to happiness here and joy. Let's see if we can help find some resources for you here. Come on, guys. Get them swipe text fingers, them tappity tap fingers. Get them comments fired up here. I know you got good ideas. Let's hear them. Come on now. Give me the best you got. We can do this. I'm pumping you up. Just with my little head bob dance. No music. You're going to provide some helpful feedback. You're going to provide some helpful feedback. You're going to write a genius comment that's going to lead OP to happiness. See? Now you got to actually do it. Am I the asshole for not trying to convince my parents to treat all their grandchildren equally? I, 47, got divorced from my first wife when I was 29. We had two kids and my folks loved them more than anything. My ex-wife wasn't happy with the lifestyle that I could provide. I wasn't making a lot of money, but we weren't in debt or anything. We had good cars and we had just put a down payment on our first home that we would own. Her boss was rich. He was 47 and he could provide luxuries that were out of my reach. She left me for him. I still had to pay child support, but I guess I was lucky I didn't have to pay spousal support. I had to work and I couldn't get custody. I got visitation, and my ex made it hard. Kids were young, and she manipulated them. If I had planned to take them to a local resort for our summer vacation, she would take them to Disneyland the week before. I would always come up short. Eventually, the kids refused to spend time with me. I went to court, and I basically had to accept that I couldn't force them to see me and my parents. I met my second wife, 33, at the dog park when I was 37, and she was 24. She had a son who was about the age of my son the last time my parents got to see him. My parents accepted him right away. He loves them. My wife is like a daughter to them. It is what I always wanted for a life. We have two more kids now, eight and five. My stepson is about to graduate next year. So a few years ago, my dad sold his company. He's an engineer and had some patents that ended up being worth a fair bit of money. He paid off my house. He also made educational funds for my three kids. He figured the older ones were done with school and hadn't bothered to visit them in years, so they didn't need anything from him. Turns out that was wrong. My ex-wife married a scam artist. He was rich but he wasn't rich enough for the lifestyle she wanted, so he stole from his clients. And then he went to jail. My oldest kids are in a lot of debt. My ex is living with her parents. She recently tried to tell me that my parents needed to be fair with all the grandchildren. I told her it was their money to spend on the people they loved and who loved them back. She said that they were punishing her kids for her mistakes. I said that both of our kids were adults and hadn't made any effort to see me or my parents in over a decade. She said that I'm being an asshole for not convincing my parents to help her kids. This is not the first time that we've seen this kind of situation, but roles are kind of mixed up from other stories that I've seen. People treat people shittily, and then a lot of time passes, 
and then they find themselves in some kind of financial pickle, and all of a sudden, they want to reconnect, and they feel like those people who could offer help should help, just because there's some kind of old connection with it. Now, the shitty part in all of this is that his relationship with his kids from his first wife got severed, and it sounds like he did everything he could to try to prevent that from happening. I would love to have seen him continue to try to connect with them and foster a relationship with them, even after they made no effort and decided they didn't want to spend any time with him. Once kids become adults and get away from that toxic parent, there may be a chance to actually like rekindle the relationship and get to know them and have a fruitful relationship. I would have liked to see that here. I don't think it makes him an asshole for accepting the fate that was handed to him after he had tried and tried and tried to make it work. His ex-wife brainwashed the kids into believing that he was a bum, basically, and they could never live up to what she was providing for them, so they said, ah, screw him, which sucks. We don't know how old those kids were when they made that decision, but the fact that the fact that they were old enough to decide that they didn't want to spend time with him anymore speaks to their ages a little bit. But this isn't even his money. This is his parents' money, and he's right. They get to decide who that goes to. The kids, once they became adults, had every opportunity to reach out and be like, hey, We'd really like to rekindle this relationship. We know that our mom is a little crazy and here's what happened and blah, 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 blah. They had the opportunity to do that and didn't until they were in trouble. And even then, they didn't reach out. Their mom reached out because she needed something, right? Money. Everything with his ex-wife revolves around money. The only reason that she wants any affection from the kid's grandparents on the dad's side is because of money. She just wants money. And she says that they're in a lot of debt. She's probably in a lot of debt that she inherited from her scam artist of a husband and she wants that money. So she's probably using those kids to try to get money so that she can have access to it. And that's probably all there is to it. I think it would still be worthwhile to try to rekindle a relationship with your kids from the first marriage. You know, now that hopefully they realize that everything was a sham before, they'll be more likely to appreciate their time with you. But that doesn't mean that they're going to get access to any money. It doesn't work like that. An ex-wife who whose everything revolves around money is just going to have to suck it up and deal with the fact that she's going to have to go marry some other rich dude to get her hands on some money like she did last time. That's it. Not the asshole, dude. I wish things would have played out differently for you, and I would have liked to see you try harder to rekindle a relationship with your original bio kids whenever they were old enough, but that doesn't mean that they have a claim on anything from your parents. That's not how that works at all. Not an asshole for it. You're in a position now to start rekindling that relationship as long as you make very clear to your older original bio kids from that first marriage that it doesn't mean that they're getting any money. Be clear about that up front. The whole situation sucks. Money turns people into assholes. Doesn't have to, but it does for a lot of people. Money can turn people into assholes. Maybe that's the more accurate statement. Greedy, greedy, greedy. This makes me sad. Alrighty, here is a relationship advice story. Why the hell not? Let's do it. Heard my husband calling me names. 
I, 33 female, and my husband, 40 male, have been together 15 years. We are very much in love and have a great life together. We are best friends and are always laughing, always complimenting each other, telling each other how lucky we are to have found one another, etc., etc. We are both fit and active, him especially. But three years ago, I had an injury at work which left me housebound for about eight months, which was a huge blow considering we would be in the gym together three to four times per week. I've put on a bit of weight due to not being as active. Three stone is 42 pounds and gone up about three dress sizes. I don't dress the way I used to and I'm very self-conscious. I wear baggy jumpers and cover myself when changing in front of him. My husband has been very understanding and had approached the subject of my weight gain a few times with me, which must have been hard and awkward for him to do. I know I need to lose weight and make myself feel like I used to, but as everyone knows, it is hard. Earlier this year, he was drunk and admitted he didn't find me as attractive anymore, which was so hurtful to hear. It broke my heart. The next day, he was full of apologies and told me he didn't mean it and would never think like that, and I'm the most beautiful person to him, etc. Fast forward to now, I've been on a diet and slowly gaining confidence again in the gym. I just lost over a stone in a few months, which is 14 pounds, and starting to feel like the old me again. So much so, we have been going on nights out, and I've been wearing more fitting clothes. However, a few nights ago, I heard my husband talking to his friends about me and calling me some horrible names, mainly about my weight. His mates sounded a bit awkward after hearing him say these things and didn't really laugh or join in. I confronted him at first and he said he didn't say it, and now is saying he didn't mean it and doesn't know why he said it and doesn't think that way. He has been so apologetic, but I am struggling to forgive him. I feel disrespected and a bit blindsided. I never thought he was the type of man who would say those things about any woman. Never mind his own wife. He's meant to be my partner. He's meant to be my biggest supporter and have my back. I really don't know what to do. I am so, so hurt by these comments. He has completely crushed me. He just doesn't feel like the same person anymore. I told him I needed some time to process. Any advice would be really appreciated. Oy vey. Okay, hold on. Here's what I'm thinking. Dudes say stupid shit when they're talking to the boys. It doesn't grant amnesty on this, but it should be a grain of salt to take these words with. Dudes are idiots when they're talking to the boys. They just are. However, most dudes don't realize that they've been a dumbass, and they certainly don't apologize for being a dumbass. So your dude is already kind of way ahead of what most dudes would do. So your dude is already way better than most guys in this situation. He shouldn't have said it. He knows that he shouldn't have said it. Let him make up for it. Knowing how that made you feel and knowing how he felt being found out should be enough pain to create change and prevent this behavior from ever happening again. If he does ever do it again, tell him to f*** off. But knowing how much you guys love each other and how otherwise great your relationship has been, I think this could be attributed to being a dumbass just talking to the boys. Still, make him work to make up for it, but take it with that little bit of grain of salt. And just know that now that he knows what the effects are of this, if he does ever do it again, then it's a behavior he's not going to change. And you can tell him to f*** off. I wouldn't do it until then because you guys have a really great relationship. Otherwise, he was an idiot. He knows he was an idiot. Let him make up for it, get back to great, because great is a really hard thing to find. Everything you described about how great your relationship was is going to be really hard for you to find. Now, if this ends up being something that just grows like a cancer in your relationship and now like changes how you feel about each other, changes how you look at each other, it could grow. It could grow. This one little thing could grow into a big problem. I'm not saying that's not going to happen, but I think you could just make him work to make up for it and keep pushing and get back to where you feel good, and then he'll feel like a really big dumbass. Good luck with it. I, I'm not saying that what he said was okay at all. 
It wasn't. And he knows that it wasn't. And just know that dudes are idiot when they're talking to the boys. Now make him work for it. Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content. And if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com, and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the Askonauts today. Thanks again.